Welcome to my anonymous friend. Now here are your hosts, Timmy Cox and Jennifer McCullough. October 1st, 2017, the day you almost died. Jenny Copeland, please bring us back to that experience that you'll never forget, the day that changed your life forever. Well, we were on the third day of a very long and very fun Vegas weekend. And if you've had one of those weekends in Vegas, you know that the last day is you're exhausted, but ready to do it all one more time. And we were actually a little late getting there to get our spot because we pushed our way to the front every night. Um, and so there was a concert for how many nights? Yes. So this was the route 91 country music festival in Vegas. So it was a three day concert. Jason Aldean was headlining. So, and so tell us a Sunday. little about there's day one, day two, day three. Give us a little rundown of each day leading up. So, so every day it's an all day thing going to like 11, 12 PM at night. So the headliner plays at night and we got there probably around four or 5 PM every day. Uh, we pushed our way to the front every night because that's really the only way to see a concert in my opinion is to push your way to the front. <laughs> that's <of course. laughs> so not, that is. That's, That's all the we, way. Were, we were all about it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Saturday night, Friday night was awesome. I don't remember a ton about Friday night um, because, you know, we were in Vegas, first night in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't remember a ton. Um, Saturday night was by far our favorite night for obvious reasons to come later. But Saturday night was Sam Hunt. We had magical, just a totally awesome night. And I've heard many people, uh, many survivors talk about Saturday night. I don't know what it was about it, but we just had the best time ever. And I was, I remember even saying like, it's going to be hard to top Saturday night. It's, it's just like, what were you happen. feeling? What were you feeling Saturday night? Like your feelings? What were you smelling? What did you, what was just the vibe of yeah, that what night? What was your experience? Well, first of all, I had on the most amazing dress ever. So there's that. So what I was colors, what I- colors was it? I had on a short, white, flowy, hippie dress and just total random fact, but I also wore the same dress in Vegas for my 30th birthday and I felt amazing that night and I was like, I'm going to wear the white hippie dress and my big old teal boots and my hair was Yeah, the teal boots. Cowboy boots. Cowgirl boots. Cowgirl. We were freaking love those boots. Well, I did have to throw them in a dumpster after stagecoach a year later because they almost killed me, but that's mm. a whole that's a whole other podcast though. So. Yes. Um, but we were drinking cocktails out of glass boot shaped mason jars. It was just You brought them in there? No, we bought them there. They were the most overpriced cocktails of all time. I, I think they were How much how much did you spend on those cocktails? They were like $200. They were probably like $26 and we're oh. talking like 10 ounces of watered down cocktail but they were in glass glass shaped mason jars and they had little pink plastic cowboy hat lids and you just Mm. can't beat that so So you know yes what did you drink what what were you drinking that night oh what wasn't i drinking (laughs) that night um 
I don't know, probably some tropical cocktail, vodka, cranberry, fruit yeah, punch. I don't even know. Yeah, you were. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. And whatever minis I had snuck under my under my boobs. Which were probably you know. at least 10. One, two, three, four. I, yeah. I probably at had a, I probably had a few. I'm, I'm also really, really, really good at sneaking alcohol into venues. That's why I, I, that's why I asked I you. Like, know you we, are. I was like, what were I you drinking? I know you are, you little hussy. <laughs> I mean, I was, I invented, I invented some of those moves back in the, you when should I was. like invent a bra <laughs> that you can fill up with no. alcohol. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for people listening to this that just don't have the kind of hoots that are going to hold the mini mm. bottles underneath them, but mm. you got to have. They could. Mine holds they pencils. They really could. Yeah, me too. I no, yours doesn't. Yeah, no. I feel like I feel like Tammy. Tammy's been working out. You. I don't think. I don't know when the last time you saw her, Janie, but Tammy be looking good. Okay, because oh, I saw her all summer in a swimsuit. So I feel like Tammy's boobs I got wouldn't pencils. hold up shit. My <laughs> boobs can hold oh, up I pencils, know. mofo. I know that they can. Yeah. I don't know. She's well, been gaining. She's been gaining a lot of muscle, like defining, looking good. Well, I've That's been gaining nice. a lot of lard, so stop it. It doesn't stop it, doesn't, it, doesn't, stop it, it doesn't now. Fit the same way as muscle, but you know, fine. Oh, I've been uh, I've been eating cheeseburgers and cupcakes. <laughs> okay, let's get, say, let's, let's get let's back get back to, to the good back, stuff. The okay? good stuff. The good stuff. Hey, Where did you I, stuff all your alcohol <laughs> for your concerts? I, I was just gonna say though, I starved myself for a good six weeks before that trip, and I was feeling good about myself i, I don't was, like the way you do that but that's yeah, okay I don't to like, each their own i do that a lot <laughs> and then it gains right back it's, i'm not i feel yeah i'm not saying it's the, a good plan i'm just saying that that's what <laughs> that's i did that's what you did back then um and i was looking my best i have in a, years and i was feeling amazing in that little in that little hippie dress and yeah so saturday night was amazing sunday Sunday, I will say, and this is something I kind of forget about, but so I was there with um, Laura, my best friend, her husband, and then my husband stayed home with the kids. So it was like the three of us and then a bunch of bunch of their friends at the time. I didn't really know any of them, but we were staying together in the room and we were like the little three amigos pretty much the whole the whole weekend. And you're together really close. Like, how long have you known them? Uh. At this point. It had been about two and a half years at okay. that point. Okay. And we hung out all the time. Our families yeah. were really close um, already. And a year prior, when I wasn't as close to her, she was going to that same exact festival the year before. And she was like, next year, I remember her calling me or videoing me or something from Route 91 2016. And she was like, next year, you have to come. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm coming next year. So it was a plan the whole year I was going to go. Wow. Um and you're probably the funnest person to go to a concert with, like legit. <laughs> you and music, it's just like a big party. So that's why I can only imagine the vibe that you oh, had, sure. you know? So Sunday was good though. Sunday and I remember was good. Sunday was good, but here's here's something that's kind of weird. I remember that morning and we slept in because, you know, Saturday night was the best night ever and we <laughs> slept in really late. And I remember when I woke up, um, I had serious anxiety. And I wasn't, it's one of those things you look back on later. And we talked about it that day at lunchtime. We're like wandering around, just kind of hanging out, chilling out, shopping, whatever. And we both kind of 
vocalize the fact that we were really anxious and we didn't know why. And we chalked it up to like hangover because, you know, you can feel that like hangover anxiety and you it, you yeah. can't even – you don't even know what it's for. And it might have been that – What time you know, did you wake up at? I don't know. Probably like 10, 30, 11. Okay. So this was – Okay. And then you're so feeling kind of weird. You're kind of feeling uneasy. Like, what's this all about? What am I thinking about? And we both felt that way until so. we started drinking some champagne. And then we felt better because, you know, okay. that's what happens when you drink champagne. Yeah. But we talked about it in more detail after what happened happened. We talked about, like, we both felt so much anxiety. And then, you know, we went and played roulette and... Actually, I was worried we weren't even going to make it to the concert that night because Lauren was winning. Um, Noble oh, was having I know a great how time. It goes when she wins. <laughs> so is that they your were, guys' favorite ooh. thing to do down there when you're down there? Is gamble? Is that what they love? I during, I yeah. don't gamble a whole lot. I just like to go yeah, out and walk when, around. And when Lauren's yeah, on a on a winning she was streak, on a, it's like it's, it's Lauren's a mutual friend that we have. Just to give a little backstory, it's a mutual friend that we have, and sh- when she's winning. You can't just walk away. So, well, I remember walking up to her at the tables. Like, I left for a little bit, came back. She was still like, I went up to the room to get ready. I was like, I'm going to go get ready because I knew, you know, I was going to do the whole Vegas last night in Vegas makeup, mm. hair, the whole thing. Mm. So, I went upstairs, got ready. I came back down to the casino and we were staying at Harrah's and they were still exactly where I left them at the roulette table. And I, and it was, I don't know what time it was. It was probably like four or 5 PM already. And the previous nights we had already been down there at the concert grounds at this point. So we weren't, we weren't even like, they weren't even changed or ready. And I was like, are we going to go or, and to be honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan. Like I, I got everything I wanted to out of it at that point. Saturday was so much yeah, fun. Yeah. You said Saturday Friday was, just was the so best fun. day ever. So I was like, I would have been fine just hanging out, doing whatever. So they they went up and got ready. And then we got in the Uber line and we went down there. And that was that was the beginning of it. Okay. So you're entering into the concert for the third day. It's Sunday, the very last what day. What time were what time was it when you were in? Yeah. What time did you actually go in? It was probably around six okay. when we got there. Yeah. And did, and did they end up getting ready? Cause I think you cut out for just a split second, but did they end up going up and getting ready yeah. or did they just come straight out? No, they went up to the room, got ready. And then we all went down and got in the, got in the taxi line. Okay. So, and we went, um, and we got, actually we took two, we had to take two separate like taxis. We got separated. Then we got there, we met back up. We went to the merch tent. We bought shirts we had our stuff. We went into the the first music tent. Like it's still fully daylight at this point. We got okay. there. We what met were up you with wearing? What else. were you wearing? What was I wearing on the last day? I was wearing a jean skirt and I was wearing a black tank top and a blue and black checkered like okay. buffalo plaid like flannel tied in a cute little knot. And no, I wasn't wearing a jean skirt. I was wearing jean shorts. Jean shorts. Okay. Yeah. And were you, what, what shoes did you have on? 
I was wearing flat boots that night, which was another crazy thing that I'm so glad because the second night I wore those god-awful teal heel cowboy boots and there is no way in heck I could have run in those suckers. They were very cost, like costume boots, like cute, but not functional. And the last night I was wearing flat zip up the side, like gray cowboy boots that had a flat heel and they were very walk like I could walk a mile in those and so oh, I was wearing okay. those that night so so you the three of you walk into the venue right and it's yes. about what what would you say six o'clock yeah about six o'clock we head to the merch tent we head to the uh next to Nashville tent which was like the smaller much much smaller people were in there mm-hmm. um it was still a huge tent, but like n- nothing compared to the main stage. So they had separate artists going in that tent all the time. We watched a few people in there. I think we went and got food. There was a whole line of like food tents, kind of like the county fair or something like mm-hmm. through the middle of the place. Do you remember what you were eating? I just remember everything was super over like a million dollars for a turkey mm-hmm. leg or whatever. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I don't really remember. Actually, I remember we went to this this double decker state like bar okay and we met up with one of my friends Rochelle from high school was up there with her husband and we hung out with them and they had like a line dancing thing going on and okay fun we were line dancing so there's for a while multiple and- I didn't realize that there was like multiple artists singing at the event yes at the same time yes and okay. weirdly enough I was looking at an old flyer not even two months ago of the lineup of the entire weekend. And at the time I didn't know over half the people that were there. Um, Mm. but Morgan Wallen was playing in the smaller, like up and comers tent on Saturday. And now I'm like, you know, a huge mega Morgan Wallen fan. So then, yeah. So then go ahead and take us into the action, like take us into, okay. So you're in the smaller tent Take us into the actual shooting. So it was by the time it had gotten dark, um, we had actually pushed our way kind of near the front. And then we decided to leave to go here. What's the time frame if you came in at six? At the point that it was dark and we were at the main stage, it was probably around 7 8 o'clock. Okay. And we left to go back to the small tent to hear. Um, actually, it was, oh my gosh, I'm brain farting on his name. Super huge. Luke, Luke Combs. Luke Combs, who's really huge now. He was playing in the smaller up and comers tent. We went to go hear him. And there was a, a girl named Amanda. Um, we had met her in Vegas that weekend, and I actually sold her. I went to Vegas with an extra wristband. A good friend of mine was supposed to be with us that weekend, and she ended up being pregnant, high risk, very, very random that she even got pregnant. And that's the reason why she wasn't able to go and use her ticket. So we went to Vegas with an extra ticket. We met this girl, Amanda. We were hanging out with her the first or the second night. And then the third night she was with us. She was kind of by herself. So we were with her. We were standing at the Luke Combs tent in Vegas. Oh, I would. Yeah. Well, she is an awesome kind of like just a free spirit. So I, I 
now know this about her, but then, yeah, we just kind of took her in because she was by herself. But we were still at the smaller tent at this point. Amanda wanted to hear this Luke Combs song that hadn't come on yet. And me and Lauren were anxious to get back to the main stage where Jason Aldean was going to come on. So we separated from her and we said, meet us. We'll be at the same spot we've been the last couple nights. So just come meet us when you're ready. So we go back to the main stage and we do push our way back. And to you're the with front Noble right. at this point, correct? Yes. So yes. Lauren, and Lauren and Noble. Yes. And if you're looking at the stage, I know a lot of people have seen pictures of like the still shots of that, um, of that night. If you're looking at the stage and the Mandalay Bay is to your right, we were in the section closest to the Mandalay Bay oh and right gosh. up near the stage. Mm. So Whew. we pushed our way back over there. And there was this moment of time in between each artist where they would play loud music, like just hits, like songs everybody knew while you're waiting for the next artist to set up. So Right. While, so like um, not their actual songs, but someone else's song. Right. And they actually played... Um, a fill. I think it was one or two songs before Jason started. I don't know exactly, but they played Phil Collins "Something in the Air Tonight," which is just eerie. Mm. Looking back at it, because right. there's twenty two thousand people standing there in the dark, drinking and having the greatest time with their friends, family, whoever they came with, and we're all singing along. We sang journey. There was journey songs that came on. There was just. It was just the best environment I can describe. And for somebody like me, it was just so much fun. Like we were just like, this is amazing. We're here. We're in Vegas. We're about to hear, you know, we got one more good show before we call it a weekend. And then Jason starts, everybody's cheering. I don't know how many songs exactly. Um, I do remember one of the last things I remember that was normal was we ran out of drinks. So we were pretty close to the closest little mini bar. There was like these little, you know, pop-up bars set up all around. And we were very close to the edge of the grass where the asphalt met the grass. And there was a little bar right there. So we pushed, you know, pushed our way through. We get another, and actually it was just me and Amanda, Lauren and Noble stayed on the grass. Me and Amanda went to get drinks for us. Oh, so Amanda ended up meeting you guys. Yes, she okay, did. She perfect. Us. And what time and was this about when it was he came on with this, this first is, song? This is probably Janie, you're breaking up a little bit. Is that better? Okay, oh, what you did go. you say? Nine forty five. Because we had we had just gotten drinks. Um me and Amanda are standing at the bar, a very crowded bar. They're you know, you're yelling your drinks, whatever. I had a bag with shirts that I bought route 91 merch shirts and we were standing at the bar and and I was sick of holding this bag I was like trying to hold drink Lauren's drink my drink this stupid bag and Amanda said just put your bag in my purse and I was hesitant about it and she's like it's not like if we get separated it's not like I won't get it to you which was just so insignificant sounding but looking back at it that's exactly what happened I Jeez, you know all these signs all these stuff, little things of, so yeah stuff going I I shoved my wow. my merch bag in her purse and then we got our drinks and we pushed our way back to Lauren and Noble. And the reason I say that was probably about 945 is because 
we had very f- like three quarters full drinks when it when it all started happening. And I'll go back and explain yeah. that. But I remember dropping an almost full drink on the grass, mm. like knowingly dropping it, like just dropping it. And that was, you know, so that's why I think that was probably about 945. But I just remember we heard any old bar stool. Um, and I don't remember hearing anything during that song. Now they, in, based on video footage and audio footage, the first few shots did go off at the, near the end of that song. Um, and, and we know it was at the end of that song because it didn't stop the music or anything. He started the next song. What did it sound and like to you though, when you were hearing it and what did it hear? She didn't hear it. When, when well, those first few shots, I did not. I did not hear. The only thing I heard was later in the days that followed, like when people played audio. Um, she I, heard I, it in other people... people's footage, but she didn't hear it for herself. Yeah. So when did yeah. you, Jenny, actually hear the shots fired? So the next song was when she says baby, that he started playing that song. And it was... So it was the very next song and how it far It was the very it? next song. And I... I don't even remember just based on what people say and based on the fact that the first few shots were at the end of the last song, I'm pretty sure it was near the beginning, but that my memory doesn't really even Mm. remember the Mm. song. I just remember hearing the, like the fireworks. And I say that because, and a lot of people remember it this way, but for me, it was fireworks. It was like, what the hell in the very beginning, it was just annoying but it sounded so close that it freaked me out. I was like, what the heck? Like I just figured some, some drunk person. And because we were so close to the edge of the grass where there was kind of a walkway. And like I said, this is the very closest part of the crowd to where the Mandalay Bay, which we later, you know, knew that's where the shooter was shooting from. We were the very closest section of people to that window. So no, you know, it sounded very, very, Close. Close. So when you and, started uh, hearing that, like, what did, I mean, it was the loudest to you, obviously. It was very loud. And I just, I wasn't scared at first. It just was irritating. It was like when it happened. Like annoying, you know, like it was interrupting the song or. The yeah. Concert. And I thought, you know, he kept playing and then I thought like, oh my gosh, like someone has actual fireworks inside and there was nothing lighting up the sky. They weren't like pretty fireworks noise. You know, it was like yeah. pop, 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 pop. So I was like, this could be bad. This Why could like end the concert, you know? So I was more just yeah. annoyed, but that was the initial reaction. Right. And then there was, you know, there was a, a few seconds, I guess, where there was no, there was nothing. And everybody was just kind of like, what the hell? And And you got to remember, like everybody's been drinking pretty much all day. So we're just like, what? Like everyone's like. Some people didn't even react to it. They're just singing because mm-hmm. Jason Aldean had, did not stop singing at that point. And then it happened again. And at that point. So there was a pause then. There was a pause. And then it. How long would you say, again. if you were to guess, how long, how long would that pause be? In my memory, it may be like seven or eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Not very long. Long enough to be like, what the hell was that? Oh, and again. what's happening? And then it happened again. And Noble, Noble was standing behind me and Lauren. So we're facing, we're kind of like diagonally like facing the stage and he was standing behind us because he's taller than both of us. So he kind of was just standing behind us. 
And most of the night and in most of the pictures that I have, he has at least one, if not both hands, like up in the air. He's always like got a hand in the air. Mm -hmm. So, but when the noise started, we both turned around and we're kind of looking at him, like when looking at everybody, like what, what the hell, what was that noise? And then he said, I just got shot. (gasps) And he's looking down at his, like, that's when I remember seeing blood, like for the first time, there was blood all over his hand and his arm. And then the, it happened again, like the noise. And then he yelled, probably more like screamed at us to get down. And a lot of people got down like all at the same time. It was like a mass drop to the ground and we hit the ground. Okay. And did you just like sit there for, what did you do right when you hit the ground? Like what was, what were you guys saying to each other? What, what did you feel? We didn't say anything. We just hit the ground and I laid down. Um, Lauren was kind of like maybe a foot to my left. So when I laid down, I remember grabbing her boot with my left arm and I just grabbed around her leg and then I laid down. And then and what position did you lay in? Do you feel like, was it like face to the ground? knees to the ground like a fetal position I like I think I was did you kind lay of flat? yeah I was like in the no I didn't lay flat I think I was just like in the fetal position and I grabbed I had Lauren's boot with my left arm like wrapped around her foot so I like wouldn't lose her because there was so many people we were all just like mm-hmm. just yeah with people yeah, running so and jumping fear, over each other so your fear was not only to 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 skip out on the bullets but also to to stay connected just to stay to together yeah how was it with everybody together. around? Were they jumping around? Were they screaming everywhere, going different places? Well, I didn't look up for probably, I don't even know. I, I could have been 30 seconds. It could have been three minutes. But I don't you can kind of I... feel, right, though? Yeah. If everyone, if everyone was going to the ground, wouldn't you kind of feel that? Well, everybody where we were hit the ground. When I finally looked up and I didn't look up until there was a quiet moment and Mm -hmm. it felt like a very long time, but looking through footage and documents later, like it was 11 minutes that we were on the ground. It didn't, it was crazy. But the first time I remember looking up, I just remember seeing a huge just movement, like a massive amount of people running and they were not the people where we were the people where we were would you say okay so you feel like you guys were all laying down for the same amount of time and then you sort of all popped up at the same time and ran no no we didn't run I remember looking up to see like what the hell is going on and I could see a ton of people like on the other side of the stage and the other side of the crowd. That's where all of the exits were. So when I popped my head up to like see it was quiet for however long to see what was happening, all I could see was a ton of people running. And I remember thinking in my head, I wish we could run, but we oh we were nowhere gosh. near the exits. So you felt so helpless during that helpless moment. because those people were by the exits. We, we would have had to run across the entire field first of open, like open duck. And, and, and at this point in time, Janny, you didn't know where the bullets were coming from. You had no idea what direction. 
So for you, because obviously from our viewpoint, we're like, why don't you go towards the stage and hide behind the stage? But for you guys, you didn't know where the bullets were coming from. So you didn't even know where to hide. Where did you, what did you do? Well, we popped our, like the, the bullets kept coming. So there'd be like some quiet and then it would start, it would start up again and we would hit the ground again at one point. I remember there being a guy on, I think he was on all fours or maybe he was covering somebody, but there was a space in between his chest and the ground. And at one point I crawl and I wasn't holding onto Lauren's boot anymore because I remember crawling under him because there was a space and I was like, okay, I'm crawling under somebody, but it is what it is. Like that's the, that's probably the first time I really thought like I might not I might not get out of here because we thought there was shooters or terrorists or people with dark hooded sweatshirts walking around just shooting people. So oh I was like, gosh. I, you know, mm. I have to hide. So we did that for the entire, all the different rounds of gunfire and it lasted for 11 minutes. And then when we kind of started to realize like, okay, maybe this is the end. Maybe they got him. At one point I do remember yelling like, why aren't they, why aren't the police stopping him? Like, where are the police? Where, like, how can this go on for this oh. long? It felt like forever. Right. And then we saw, um, we saw some people, we were so close to backstage to the backstage gates. Oh, so um, there were, there were people like waving, like, like come on, come on, like waving through. their hands. Mm. Yeah. And then we, we kind of like, we're staying low to the ground, but we kind of started like hunch over, like, running. And then I remember we thought we heard something again. I don't think it was gunfire anymore, but I think we were just so like traumatized. Yeah. So we hit the ground. I remember hitting the ground again, just for very quick and then nothing happened. And they said, come on, come on, come on. And so a whole big group of us ran and we went back behind the gates that, you know, nobody's allowed back there, but this is a whole different thing. Like they're letting whoever back there. So we all ran back there And, um, that's the first time that, oh, and I do remember this is random. Amanda's backpack was like a really bright Kate Spade purse backpack, Mm -hmm. very distinctive looking. And I remember seeing it on the grass, but I didn't see her, but there were people on the ground and we, I didn't even have time to process it at the time, but there was people that didn't get up off the ground because there was a lot of people in that area that had died. Like because that oh first wave gosh. of gunfire and they just was weren't so moving, just because that no. spot was it was a a thick spot of it was like a hot zone mm. of. So we ran back behind the. the Did gates. you grab her and, purse and, or and, no? And and obviously you didn't see Amanda at this point. No, but you know what? It's weird. I did. I was holding. Lauren had my right hand. I remember because and she had Nobles probably left. Yeah. She had his left hand. She had my right hand. Yeah. And because she was when, pulling me. Yeah. Because when did she, when did the tourniquet get put on Noble's arm? That wasn't until we were back in the side of the backstage oh, area, but okay. I, I did see Amanda's purse and I remember feeling like, should I grab it? It was weird. Cause like, she's not with it, but like, I know that's her purse. 
and I was holding Lauren's hand and she was already kind of running and she was, I was attached to her mm-hmm. and I would have had to let, I remember it was like a decision. I remember the feeling like I would have had to let go of her hand and only move about two feet to my left. And I could have grabbed Amanda's purse, but I didn't because but it I wasn't was worth not, it at that point. At that it point, wasn't worth letting go of her hand. Right. No, yeah. at that point you wow. knew that you needed to stay with Lauren. That was the most important thing. And the purse was not. So we, we got back stage and I remember there was like a big wall and that, that we, we were like kind of behind it and we didn't, hadn't heard any shots in probably at this point, it's probably been about 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. We hadn't heard anything. And that was the, that was the biggest, um, the biggest space of time so far. So we're hoping it's over, but we don't know. And that was when I grabbed my phone to to send out, I don't remember if I made a phone call first or if I started texting people, but I started texting my family and some close friends. And I remember thinking like, this is, this is how people must have felt like on 9-11 when they were trying to just get out one more message. And I literally felt that way. I was like, I don't know if, yeah, we want to know who the, we want to know who the first messenger call was to. Um, I sent, I sent Lucas a message and I don't remember if I tried calling because I was going to say, it must be your husband, your husband, it must be your husband and your kids that you attempted to reach out to first. And I, I have a texting, I have a texting history, like a, those saved messages that I texted him. Um, I texted my stepmom and my dad because I knew she would be up late and I, I didn't text my mom because my mom goes to bed early and I just knew that I might only have seconds or I just knew that I had to try to get a hold mm. of who's going to be awake. Right. And then Gosh. I sent, um, I sent a text to, I had a very active group chat with, um, Kelsey, Olam and Marina and I sent them. So it was like, um, it's, it's interesting because you felt this urgency to text people who could reach back out to you, right? Not to give one last message. So it's almost as if you, like, did you have the feelings of, oh, this is the last message I'm sending out? Or did you have feelings of, I, I need, I, I need, need closure. Cont- I need contact or what were the feelings going through your head? Because you obviously reach out to people that you thought would be awake and seeing your message in real time. I think it was, I think it was both. I think it was contact, but I think it was, I needed to hear from somebody. Like I knew that I might not have much time and I needed to know, I I guess I just wanted to hear who's going to, like, who's going to be, who's going to be awake. And then, you know, I'm a true, I'm a huge true crime fan. So I know that like, there's people that wonder like what happened, yeah. what were the last yeah. moments, you know, yeah. not that I had time to really think yeah, about You just wanted that, to give but... all those, those fans a little, I would have done up the same with thing, your last Jenny. moments. <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta, so you gotta, silly girl. you gotta appreciate the, the true crime fans. So anyway, so what, 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 what did you that, say but... though to them? What were your words? Um, well, I have, have a folder that I can I can read it to you. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. Um, I at least want to hear the first message to your husband and kids. 
Okay, so I have... Yeah, I just remember, oh, and another thing while I'm looking for this, I, my hands, at this point, we have been, I just remember feeling like, imagine if you ate three spoonfuls of beach sand and you were gasping for your breath. Like, that is how I remember feeling. Like, we were just so adrenaline, fear, breathing in and out, like gasping for running. Like I, my hands were shaking so hard. I could barely type. And it's evident in the screenshots of my text messages because they didn't make a ton of sense. Which um, is unusual for you. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll send you. I'll Jenny's send you text messages are typically super <laughs> elaborate and she's, yeah. Well, Mine are like, Minor so gerbil here's writing. A, here's a time reference for you too. Um, the text I sent to Lucas, and it was the first text I sent, was 10:17 p.m. The shooting started at oh gosh, 10:04 or 10:02. It's either 10:02 or 10:04 is when it started, and then it lasted 11 minutes. And then I sent him this text at 10:17. So really, really soon after those 11 minutes, I said, there's a shooting here. I love you so much. The shooter are, it didn't make sense is still, but I was saying the shooter is still here. Please pray. I've never been so scared in my life. Please call me. And then the next time I got a hold of him by text anyway, was 1139 PM. I did have one phone conversation with him in between, but, um, did he get this right away though? He didn't then. Within, I would say I talked to him within like 10 or 15 minutes. So he was, he goes to bed. He does not, he's not a night owl like me. Yeah. He was asleep, I'm sure. So, um, and I can't remember. I know I tried calling him too. So at some point, the next, the time I remember talking to him, we were hiding behind a dumpster. It was probably a good 15 minutes later, but. Okay. Um, so take us to that point. You're yeah, hiding yeah. behind the dumpster. Because I want, I want to know where you're at at that point. Like they pulled you behind backstage. You're behind so the we're, wall. Now, now so what? So we're backstage. Um, we, at this, I think maybe when I was looking down at my phone and sending these messages, that might've been when Noble was getting it. That's around the time he got his tourniquet. I don't hmm. remember seeing it be put on him. So um, he was just losing blood this entire time. Yeah. What yeah. was his feelings like? Was it was it was he going through pain? Was adrenaline rushing? What what was going through his mind? Being shot like that's like a big thing. Like. I think he had. I think he was going through pain, but I think he was in major shock too. He Definitely. was still, he was still very awake and able to walk at this point because I the only time I ever got separated from them since the shooting started was, and it was very dark back there. They turned off the lights, um, for a while. And it was very dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Like, it was so dark back there. I Do you saw know why they did that? Was that no so idea. the shooter couldn't see or? No idea. Because there was times where they turned them on. Like, I, rem I swear they were on during the shooting. And then, like, after they were on still. And then all of a sudden they were off. And my memory might be forgetting the all the lights. I just remember when we were back there. I remember it was so dark and it was so, there were so many people back there and there was people that were not gone yet that were 
not going to make it. And there was people screaming and crying and yelling. And it was just chaos. Where and did I, he get shot at? Where was he shot at? The hand? He was shot was in his in, hand. It was in like, his hands and it like severed his artery so, in his wrist. Okay. So right in his wrist right there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just didn't know where he got shot at. So <laughs> there, you hear screaming. You hear – you see people so, that are not going to be making it. There's all this screaming. And during this – some of this time – like that's where Lauren's story takes a different turn than mine because at some point she tried to help a couple, you know, she's a nurse. She tried to help a couple people. I don't remember even seeing that. So whether it was when I was trying to hide under the bus, which I'll tell you about, that's the only time I got separated from them. But she remembers um, trying to give a girl like CPR. And then she was like, her eyes were just complete blank stare at the sky. And she doesn't remember a hundred percent, but she's pretty sure that's one of the people who ended up dying that night. So she so, like, so as far Jenny, as far as like the gunshots go, you're behind the wall. Is that when you remember the gunshots, gunshots stopping or did they continue past that? No, we never heard them again. The we, okay. By the time we got up to actually run, we never heard them after that because okay. we waited until there was enough of a lapse where we kind of felt like, okay, we're sitting ducks. There's nothing in front of us. There's nothing to block us. Nothing. We're just okay. literally sitting here in the middle of an open field. So because it had been... I don't know how many minutes or I'm not sure, but when enough people were like, come on, come on, like run, like that's when we finally that's decided, we okay, we got it. Okay. So, so there was no gunshots past that point. So there you go running, you're in the back and now it's just sort of like survive. So it was just, that's um, when, that's when Noble gets his tourniquet. Um, and then, then Lauren starts working on these girls that she thinks could maybe, potentially yeah. still live and then yeah and, what are you and doing that's, during this time well that's when I and it was so like I said it was so dark back there um I saw people pounding on this like portable room I think it was like maybe where part of the musicians or the team or the sound people I don't know but it was some kind of a little portable like building right on the side of the stage and there were people frantically yelling and pounding, like to let them in, let them in. And I saw the tour, all the tour buses are back there. So the biggest bus right by closest to the side of the stage, I'm not sure, but I'm only assuming it's probably was his tour bus because he was the headliner and it was a huge, gigantic bus. I decide that it would be a really good idea to get under it to hide. And I don't know if. I yelled like, come on, let's, you know, but all this, I turned around and no one was behind me. So I don't know if she didn't hear me or if she was like, you crazy B, I'm not getting under the, I don't, I don't know who, all I know who Lauren, cause oh, that's, okay. I got separated from them. So I was by myself and I, it was so dark. I couldn't see where they were, but I started crawling under this bus. And let me just tell you that despite being as skinny as I had been in years, I wedged myself to my, about my tailbone and I felt like I was going to saw myself in half if I got any further. It would not, my butt would not get under that thing. It was so close to the ground. I scraped up my back. That sounds this comfy. Is, yeah. This is the mm. part where I had mm. scraped asphalt into my elbows. I had asphalt, little like gravel and like dirt marks 
that were so deeply ground into my arms. They were there for weeks. Like it was, Jeez. it was from trying to crawl under that bus. So you and were I just, remember, in, you were just in such a state or of like fight or flight that you were just like, it was this is brilliant. Mode. I'm going to wedge myself underneath this bus just in case yes. there's more shots coming. And I will, I will tell you this. And even in the midst of like horrible, like mind numbing fear that I've never felt since and hopefully never will again, the, the picture of, you know, in the wizard of Oz, when the house lands on the witch and her legs are like sticking out from under the house, yeah. like I was picturing that. I'm like, I literally am trying to hide and these terrorists are going to walk and see this big white ass legs hanging out from under this bus and then I'm dead. So I decided it was not a good plan. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I remember that thought. I was like, I'm like the witch in Wizard of Oz. Like my mm-hmm. legs are just going to be like, they're going to give me away. I can't fit the rest of my body under here. So I started Gosh. to go back the other way, push myself back out. And did, then I stood and up and I got find... to my feet. Yeah. And did you find well, Lauren after that? I got to my feet and that's how I remember Noble at this point was still very like lucid because I don't know how in that dark chaos that they saw me. I don't even remember there being any light. It was just so dark and Mm -hmm. creepy back there. And then I heard Noble say like yell. He yelled to me like, Jenny, get over. Like he's like, get Mm -hmm. over here. And then he yelled and then I ran to them and then we ran back kind of behind almost behind the stage and then that's where he started he sat down Lauren was trying to keep we were just trying to keep him awake we were like rubbing his arm rubbing his chest like don't go to sleep because in every episode of Grey's Anatomy and ER like they're not supposed to go to sleep that's all I know that's my medical training I'm like I just know you're not supposed to go to sleep and then we saw some somebody who looked like maybe a security guard or somebody that worked there and I remember saying, like, did they get whoever, did they get the per? did they get him? Did they get him? And he said, we're working on it. I will never forget it. He, that's exactly what he said with yeah. no emotion. He just said, we're working on it. And I was like, well, that means no. And then I saw a big Jeez. dumpster and Lauren was sitting there trying to keep his bleeding under control. He did have a tourniquet at that point. So like I said, I don't remember when he got it, but it was some some yeah, point in that last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I didn't see it, but, um, I saw a dumpster and I went and I grabbed it. It was like a big lightweight plastic on wheels kind of dumpster. And I just grabbed it and I went and I pulled it in front of us because the whole group of loud screaming, crying chaos, they were where by the bus and by that building and right so on the side was, of the stage. There was nowhere where you felt like you can like go to, to get away from it. Like you felt like the best option for you guys at this point was just to stay there until help came or like, well, you know, because if you think about it from an outsider perspective, you're thinking just get as far away as possible from the shooters. But well, in my, you didn't know at this point, am I right? That you didn't know where the shooters were even coming from. So your best bet was just to stay right there the shooting had stopped. So you're, you're now waiting for help to arrive in our, in, well, I don't want to speak for them, but in my mind, they were still there and they were walking around like looking, maybe they were just shooting people at point blank range. Like I just thought they were going to be walking around looking for people and we need to hide. And I 
I remember, I don't think I said it out loud, but I, and I felt guilt. It was one of the many things I felt guilty for afterwards, but I thought there's so many people screaming and being so loud. And if we, if they find everybody, they're going to kill everybody. We need to get away from this group of screaming loud people and we just need to be hide. So we were probably 15 feet around the corner from the big group. And that's why I pulled the dumpster in front of us. Cause I was like, if they find all of everybody who's so loud, like they're going to find us too. And we need to hide. That was the only thought really that I remember having. And then I did have a conversation with Lucas at that point. I got a hold of him on the phone. I said, Noble had been shot. And he told me later, he thought, I mean, obviously that's horrible, no matter what, it sounds horrible, but he was thinking like, oh, somebody had a fight. There was a gang shooting or he got straight bullets, you know, he, I mean, still, that would be massively horrible. Um, And I said, he's alive. I said right away, I'm like, he got shot. He's alive, but we're hiding and they haven't gotten the shooter yet. And then he turned on the news at that point. And then I suddenly hung up because we heard something. It was probably just somebody else screaming, but we heard something. And I said, I got to go. I got to go. Like I was, I was like, we got, cause I was just like, so we got to be quiet. Point, Jenny, you're like hearing people screaming They're Like what, what are you hearing around you? What are you experiencing around? What, what, what's the vibe like around you? Just, just people screaming and like, and is it people then- screaming from their wounds? Is it people uh, screaming out of terror. Like what, what is the, I think the people the nearest sound? to us, I think the people nearest to us that were screaming and crying was because they were watching somebody like die. die. Oh, okay. She said because a lot of, of people back there were just, didn't look like they were going to make it. So maybe they, they, they dragged their, their loved yes. ones back there. People pulled people and helped like carry them, walk them. Um, and we were back there. I don't know for how long, but at some point somebody, again, I don't know if it was a security guard or what, but definitely seemed to be somebody of some type of authority said, you know, if you're injured, you need to get him across the field. There's a triage area set up in the street. If you're not injured, you need to go back this way, which would have been back behind the stage and out some other gate somewhere. Okay. If you're injured, you need to go back across the field to triage. So if you're looking at the the whole thing from a bird's eye view and you're looking down at the stage, Mandalay Bay's on the right. The street he was talking about is on the left, on the opposite side of the field where the exit gates were. Okay. So this guy's telling us when we had just gotten off of that field where we we're sitting ducks for that whole time during the shooting. Right. He's now telling us that to we have to go through. all the way back across the entire huge field, a football field. I swear it seemed like back to get him to triage. And we kind of argued like, we don't want it like back out in the wide open. And I turned around to, you know, surely he can't be telling us to go back out there. And I turned around and whoever had just told us that was gone, like mm. just gone, not there anymore. So me and Lauren like looked at each other. Noble was able to kind of like walk, but he was very out of it. We were both arm, one arm around him on either side, kind of like helping him Mm -hmm. stumble, walk Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, he had lost a lot of blood and we both were 
absolutely terrified. Um, we just wanted to go back into the, cause behind the, behind the stage was just dark and, you know, we just wanted to go back there, but we had to go back across the field. And when we went around the corner to where we had just been minutes before we saw what was one of those images that you can't get out of your head. Like there were so many bodies with white, I don't know if they were tarps or tablecloths of some type. They had already been covered, huh? Yes. Somebody had already walked around and covered bodies with these white cloths or something. Like how many would you say? Can you even, can you even estimate Uh, how much? I feel like. I feel like I saw at least seven or eight, but I don't, I don't remember maybe more. And there was, so tell us about, tell us about, tell us about Amanda. Was she one of those tarps? No, she wasn't. Amanda is, Amanda is alive and well. That's good. And so she just got separated from her purse because I was waiting. Sec- I was waiting for that moment no. and it took a while she for was, you to give me that relief. Jenny, dang it. She was injured. She's all of like a hundred pounds soaking wet. She was, she was trampled, which she told me later. She was like literally trampled. She had to go to the hospital and everything. But I'm like, well, maybe those people trampling you is what, you know, they got the maybe shot that and you saved didn't. you, yeah. you know, but so we walked noble across the field there was cups, hats, mm-hmm. bags, purses, phone, just just like Everything. more stuff than grass. Because yeah. every single person, us included, dropped everything right. like we had our 26 dollar glass boot cocktails just dropped them and hit the ground you know everybody mm-hmm. so when we walked all the way across we made it to that triage um and it's at some point i reached down actually no this wasn't on the grass this was later when we were walking down the sidewalk but at some point because amanda had my my merch bag with my shirts in it um i saw a like wadded up shirt on the ground and I don't know why, but I reached down and grabbed it, which fast forward later when we had nothing but our bloody clothes and ended up at some random motel 40 minutes away. That's all the clean clothes we had to wear. So it was just weird that I happened to reach down and grab um, that because yeah. why, like, why would I care about that? I don't know what made me reach down and grab it, but we right. would have been in like literally bloody yeah soaked dirty clothing all night long so it was just one of those weird weird things but we got noble into a um it wasn't even a real ambulance or anything there was a lot of people in their own cars showing up to take people to load their car people were loading up truck beds with injured people there was a car and he was noble was put into the front seat passenger seat um there was a guy in the back laying down across the back. I heard later, I, we think it was like a definitely gunshot, but we don't know if it was like his, his stomach or he was serious though. He was laying down and we heard something again. It was probably just people screaming because there was no more gunshots, but we heard something that terrified us. And we, somebody yelled, I don't know. It was just chaos. And we were nerves were just gone. So we tried to jump in the car. I jumped in the back seat. And the guy driving was like, I'm just taking injured people. Get out. And I was like, we're with him. That's her husband. Like, please. We just want to get out of there so bad. And he just screamed at me to get out of the car. And so I got oh out of the car. Gosh. And he shut the doors. 
And that's when they took Noble. And we knew he was headed to the hospital, so we knew that was the best place for him to be. And that is the point where it was just me and Lauren left right outside the venue. So she left her husband. Like that, she had to leave her husband. He made her get out of the car. Not him, but the guy driving the car yeah. was like yeah. not having it. He was like, get out of the... I mean, he was like oh yelling gosh. at me. I'm like, so I was like, no, I can't, I can't be without him. No, but Lauren would no, not I know. insert herself. She's not like that. Well, okay. nobody else knows that. Like that's, oh, that's so hard to be in that situation. Bless yeah, you. I was like, I was like, please. He's like, get out of there. Like, okay, yeah. okay. So okay, so then what you what what then what do you guys do? So, I remember, I remember sitting down on like you know those temporary metal gates that they use to partition and like separate and close things off. There was a, they people were using those as stretchers. So people were using those like they were laying down and they were using them to carry people. There was one, like kind of sitting between the side of the curb in the street. So it was sort of like a makeshift chair. And I just remember sitting on it. I don't know why. And then a bunch of people started, like people were just like, we need to get out of here. We need to move. We need to, we need to, because the street lights are on. We don't know. We have no concept of time at this point either. It had been quite a while since the last of the gunshots, but we decided to move. So we decided to go to um, the next hotel over, which was the Tropicana and we're going to try to get an Uber to the hospital so that we can meet up with him at the hospital. That's our plan. So we what does a strip to... look like right now, Jenny? Like, what is it looking like? Or is it empty? Is... It is literally blue and red lights. And that is it. Sirens, blue and red lights. Gosh. So blue and every... red lights, sirens, ambulances. Do they lock down the all... hotels? They locked down everything. We didn't know that until later. Okay. But... We weren't on the strip at this point. We're on the, we're like one block behind the strip because that's the side of the venue where the exits were. So we are on the next block. We get to the light and we make it, make our way to the Tropicana. We kind of came up from the back side and we walked around to the front, like the main entrance, the casino hotel entrance of the Tropicana. So now we're back. We can't see the strip from there and you don't see anything except for blue and the only cars that drove by had a blue and red siren. Like it never occurred to either of us that. So, so the people right now. Yeah. So like the people they've all died, died down at this point. Like what's the busyness factor? What, like what's happening right there in, in that vicinity? I don't remember seeing anybody um, that was disheveled. Like we were, I think people had kind of, dispersed and Mm -hmm. we were granted we were only one hotel from the venue but I don't remember seeing anybody else that was like with us by the time we got there on foot we saw people from the hotel coming out of the hotel like normal people like people that weren't covered in dirt and blood and right right. looked like zombies um we tried to get an uber um and I was like uh I don't think there's any Ubers. Every single car is a police car. So we decide to go inside the Tropicana to get off of the, just to get off of the strip, to get out inside. We get inside and somebody immediately says like, we're, we're, uh, we need you to come down, down here. 
it wasn't locked down. I think they were getting it ready to lock down though. So they just said, just come with us, come with us. They take us down a staircase and we're in the ugly pits of the Tropicana. Like it is gross and ugly, mechanical, brown paint. Like it is not pretty. It and is just what like, do you think that the goal to bring you down there was? Um, well, I know they were locking, they were locking everything down. They were gathering everybody into a big, like big rooms that they had down there. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that at the time, but we went down there. Somebody led us into some caged room. It looked like a weird storage closet room with chain link fences in it. And then somebody handed us each a bottle of water. And I just remember like, I felt like I had not seen water in two years. I chugged the water. They gave us more water. Like, cause we had been going now for, I mean, probably an hour since the shooting maybe at this point without water and with fear and with yelling and screaming and running. Like we were just like, Oh my gosh. And how and long then, did, and how long were you in this room for? Just a couple of minutes. And then they were leading us into the big room where they had collected like a lot of people. And we were on our way to that room and we were standing outside of it when, <laughs> and we were okay with it. We were like, whatever, they, we're just going to listen to these people. At least we're not at the concert anymore. Maybe we can get a hold of the hospital. Maybe we can get a ride to the hospital. Like we were just trying to gather our thoughts. And I saw this guy get a phone call and I, his face just looked like it. He saw a ghost and he was like, what? Like, I just remember he looked terrified and then he hung up the phone and I said, what, what was that? And I didn't even know the guy at all, but I just knew something was wrong and he, and he wouldn't say anything. And I said, what was that? And he said, my girlfriend's upstairs. She said, there's a shooter in this hotel. Well, we found out obviously later that news of what had happened you know, the game telephone, like it changed and it, and it morphed into like, there was no shooter in that hotel, but we did not know that. You didn't we, know. You didn't know. We truth. had no idea because yeah. we had seen that there was like, we witnessed what had just happened. So I was, it was horrible. It was probably the second most horrible part of that whole night was because we, we were terrified for Noble cause we had been separated and he had been bleeding so much and we were worried about him. But we felt physically safe for us for the first time right? since it happened. We felt safe. And when he said that, the sickening, horrible, like, fear that just knocks the wind out of you, like, came just rushing back because, holy crap, we're in the basement of a hotel. We don't even know where the exit door is. We're, like, underground in some tiny hallway. It was just terrifying. And okay, so, so how long are you in this room for? Well, we were in a hall. We weren't in the big room at that point, thank goodness, because they probably never would have let us out. Um, and I'll tell you how we got out, because at that point, the hotel had been officially placed on lockdown. So we were still in the hallway, about to go in the room when that happened. And I saw a worker, and his name tag said Daniel. And, uh, and I said, Daniel we need to get out of here. You need to tell us how to get out of here. And he said, everybody's just going to be fine. We're just, we're going to have you all safe in this room. Like everybody. And I'm like, no, we're not staying here. We just, we just got out of that. We just, we're not staying here. We're not, there's a shooter in this hotel. There's, and he's, 
no, everything's going to be fine. You know, he was trying to do his job. I mean, he's like a security guard or a bellboy. I don't know. But I said, listen, I have three kids. She has two kids. We just survived what happened next door. And I'm not going to sit here just to die with no chance to get out. Like I, we, you have to help us get out of here. And he said, follow me and don't say anything. And I said, we won't say a word. And I, and I was like, I promise we won't tell anybody. We won't, we, we, we know you guys are trying to keep everybody calm. We won't say a word. And he said, stay behind me, follow me, don't say anything. And he led us through the room full of people. So that's how I know, like, that's where we were about to be. There was a room full of people. And all those casinos, the same thing was happening. They were all on lockdown until like 5 or 6 a.m. So we would have been stuck in that room. Wow. We would have been stuck in that room all night, worried and wondering. And we would have been fine, obviously, but we didn't know that. It was terrifying. So he led us through that room. I don't know, up a staircase, around a hallway, like, we would have never found it ourselves. It was a maze. And we got up to the top of this, um, or the end of this hallway or whatever with a door. And he said, when we open this door, you're going to be in the casino. And I don't know what's out there. As soon as we get out into the casino, you need to make your way to the exit very quickly. It's going to be to your right. And I said, come with us. You know, you want to come with us. And he said, I, I can't, you know, I got to do my job. And I said, you can't do your job if you're dead. And I remember saying that. And he was like, no, no, just go. Just get out of wow. here. Just turn right mm. and get out of here. And so, so he, we, he was doing his job. Like he legit stayed yeah. and did his job, even though he knew How there was an active How dare you shooter. try and get him out I of his job, Janny. She did the right thing. But I just think <laughs> that's amazing how he stayed. Why'd you try and get him fired, Janny? Well, we hey, we went we went back exactly one year later and we went to the Tropicana and we walked our steps and we tried to find him and he was off that day. But I wanted I was gonna go back and And tell him you were sorry you for to trying find him to get on him Facebook. fired. Sorry, <laughs> I Daniel. I almost I got you fired. I tried to get you to walk out hey, on your job. I just tried to, and I just he tried said, to No, Jenny, I will be a hero oh. and do my job. Yeah. Don't tell me well, otherwise. Listen, Daniel <laughs> Daniel that works that works or worked at the Tropicana. I don't know if he's still there. He was still there a year later that he was just off that day. They told me, but Daniel at the Tropicana was definitely one of the heroes of that night, at least for us, because Super I don't know. Hero. Oh, I love that. Janny. Yeah. That's... So we, we opened that door and I mean, I, you've seen the pictures and I have the pictures still of what we looked like and we what did, did not. What did I do. Like? And we're, and we are going to, we are going to post those pictures. Yeah. We so... looked like, we looked like we were extras from The Walking Dead. Like we no were... way. Lauren had yeah, no shoes that. on. I haven't she seen had, them. She had bloody, dirty socks. She had lost one of her boots, and her she was wearing a little heeled boot. She lost one of them, so I think she kicked the other one off because she was needed to be able to run. I had my boots on because they were zip up and they were flat. Thank goodness. So I just kept mine on. And we were both just covered in asphalt and dirt on asphalt on our face and yeah. Would you share those blood? Would you share those pictures with us, Janny? Yeah, I will send we'll, those we'll, to you. We'll put those on this. Um, I, I want you to wrap this up because we have about ten. We probably less than ten minutes. We probably have about seven more minutes. But I'd love you to wrap it up in a in a pretty bow for us, if you could. Okay. Well, I do want to share with what happened. After that, um, 
was when we really met some some ladies who at the time I was like, is this one of those weird stories where you find out later that the people that helped you weren't real? Like maybe they were angels or mm. they weren't even like real people. Well, they mm-hmm. are real people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in contact regularly, but we ran out of there. Nobody had a clue what was happening. Like ding, 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 like on the machines, just living their life. Like no, no idea what was going on. So just, they were just like, they didn't know anything was going on. No. No, it was the weirdest thing. We walked out and then we're running towards the exit and Lauren in her dirty, bloody socks, she's like, take off your boots. And I thought about it. And then I was like, no, I'm going to have to stop. And it's going to take me like a good 10 to 15 seconds to sit down, unzip, pull them off. You know, it's not like you can just kick them off. So I ignored her and we kept running (laughs) and we ran across the parking lot. We were screaming at people not to go in. People were walking in the casino and we're like, don't go in there. There's a shooter. Like we were, we were just totally, we looked like two psychotic zombies, but we ran, we ran behind the next hotel was Hooters and the alleyway. We decided we could go to the front and, and there was a couple other survivors with us at that point. And we were all trying to decide like where to go. And they headed towards the front of the casino, like the strip side of Hooters. And we were like, no, we're going to stay in the shadows. We're going to the alley. Like, uh, we didn't want to be in the lights. We didn't want to be, we didn't know what was going on still, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we ran, we were like, see ya, good luck. Like, we ran into the alley and we were just going to try to go on foot and get as far from the strip as we could get. And we went behind all the dumpsters and kept walking and kept walking and kept walking. And then we get to the other side of Hooters and there's a car out of the freaking blue that pulls up with two women inside. And one of them says, do you guys need a ride? And I'm like, yeah. And Lauren's like, I'm covered in blood. I'm sorry. Cause you know, you know, Lauren, she's yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I'm covered in blood. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. And just get in. And we just got in and we're like, just, just let's get away from here. And so we ended up driving all the way to Summerlin, like 35, 40 minutes away. And we stayed at a random little hotel and we slept with the lights on and we played Nickelodeon on TV. Like when I say that we were terrified, like we had to take showers. Yeah. We had to take showers because we were so dirty. I stood next to Lauren when she was in the shower. Like, you know, she didn't want me to leave the bathroom. I didn't want her to leave. Like we turned on Nickelodeon. I think Dora or like one of those like cartoon shows and we had it like turned up loud just cause we didn't, we just, I don't, I don't even know the psychology behind that, but we just wanted something comforting. And my mom at this point, my mom had got like, I had gotten a hold of family and told them where we were. And my mom called the hotel and the phone rang and we were both sitting on the bed, had already showered. We freaking lurched off the bed, probably a foot. That mm-hmm. is how raw our senses were at that point. Mm-hmm just to give you an idea. And in the, in the days and weeks that followed that dissipated, but it started out at such a high the next day when we made it back to Harris to get our stuff, we got out of the Uber and we reunited with our Janelle and like Carly and their other friends that were there. Yeah. You'd gone on and the we trip all, with. we all hugged, we were all hugging. And then we were starting to walk into the, the doors at Harris and the bellhop had like blown a whistle, like the, the taxi cab guy who like calls the cabs, he blew his whistle 
and I jumped and I, I don't know if I was in, is cause I was embarrassed. I don't think I was embarrassed. I didn't care, but I just, I just remember like it scared me. The noise of a freaking whistle scared me so bad. And I jumped off the sidewalk and I just burst into tears. Cause mm. I was like, you were so like, emotionally exhausted probably too. Well, it's trauma and it's triggers. I just remember trauma. I just remember thinking like, I'm broken now. Like I'm not normal. I was normal yesterday at this time. And today I'm like, I'm broken. This is what, this is what I am now. And that is, that was day one. So now we're on day 365 times five and that is yeah, not so, me anymore, but yeah. So tell, tell us where you're at now. Is Noble Jenny? okay though? Is Noble's okay and everything, right? Like you guys got him from the Noble hospital. Is, okay. Yes. He yes. had several surgeries and he may be having another one five years later. We, I don't know yet what they've decided on that, but so yeah, yeah tell we, us where, tell us where you are at now, Jamie. Well, we are approaching our five year uh, anniversary. And that's such a weird word because it's like anniversary, but that's what it is. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a celebration, but it's a celebration of. It kind of is in a way, you know, it's, it's the day, yeah. it, it's the day you could have, you, you, you made it been. through that. You made it through that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's an anniversary to celebrate, but it's also, you know, honoring the people right. that, that didn't move forward from that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, something really big for me from the very beginning, the beginning of the aftermath, I will say, was the survivor's guilt and getting past all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I here? Why didn't, why did that, you know, you follow the stories of the people that didn't make it and you start to feel like you know them and why did she not, you know, all of those things. So one of the things that was so big for me was making the most of my life because Mm -hmm. I got to stay. Yeah. You know? Love that. Wow. I love that, Jamie. So I am now a wine bar and restaurant owner. And, and can you tell us where your business is located and what it's called and what your mission or vision and everything is with it? It is called the Vault Wine Bar and Grill in Atoka, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which is a tiny, tiny little town that you're going to have to zoom way in on a map to find. <laughs> but we're about an hour um, north of the Texas border in the middle of the bottom of Oklahoma, basically. So about two and a half hours from Dallas. And, you know, I just wanted to make an impact. And already we've only been open for nine and a half, 10 months. Wow. And I know we've already done that. We have stamped a already a regular live music and just the culture. We have been dubbed by many people, the cheers of Atoka. (laughs) It's like, it is like cheers in here and we have a, we have a good time, but music is such a big deal to me and it is so healing. It so, so is healing. a big deal. It, like when Jamie's so in town, we are going karaoke <laughs> and there ain't and no we, way around that. And we do, we karaoke every Thursday night. Um, it's my favorite night of the week. And uh, so next week for the five year anniversary, I'm not going to be in Vegas with so many others for that, but um, I decided that I was going to host a music benefit here. In our tiny oh little town, in our tiny little place, so we are yeah. doing a music benefit, Yay. and we have we have several very talented local musicians. We have Susie McIntyre, who is Reba McIntyre's sister, wow. who is a gospel and Christian music artist, and she's going to be singing in here. And we're doing a silent auction, and the ben- the proceeds 
of this are going to Brian Allers and his children and Hannah and the hashtag for her is cheers to Hannah. And she was killed. I'm assuming one of the very first people because she was standing only about three or four people behind us when the shooting started. And we know that because of pictures that were found in the months that followed. There's a picture with my face and she's in the background with Brian and the picture was at 9:58 PM. Oh my four to five gosh. minutes before the shooting started. So we know that she was right behind us. And, you know, there's 58 people that passed away that night, but there's something about her that always. It just always tugged at my heart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was so close, right? And I don't get that emotional talking about it anymore, but. It's okay, Jan. But talking about the people, mm-hmm. you know, they can't talk about it because they're not here. So talking about the people is what gets me. Yeah. You know, so, but anyway, I, is, I love it, Janet. That is my story. And you know what I love about just the fact that you have the wine bars when we were, Lauren and I were out there a year ago and talking about when we were all sitting together talk, uh, talking about this idea of a wine bar after we had visited the one next to um, Blake Sheldon's about 45 minutes from your house. And you were talking about how great it would be to have that sort of a wine bar vibe in, in Atoka. And we were sitting there talking about all the good things. And then boom, Janny was on it a month later. She had, she had yeah, shit coming and- into place and it was, it was about to go down and here we are now it's open. Yeah, and it's you thriving. Guys, you and Lauren were like, you should open this in a toka. And I was like, yeah, no, somebody <laughs> else should. And I'll just go there and drink wine. <laughs> uh, and we're I like, no, you no you. And now look, it's like your, it's like your perfect vibe. It's your perfect jam. My little social butterfly. It's I'm so, so proud you. of you. Yes. I don't really think things, I don't really take a lot of time to think things out. I just like, yeah, okay, you just well, fly in. You're like, this is going to work out. That. I'm just going to do that. And then <laughs> it'll work because I'm going to do it. Yeah. So that's just kind of, oh, I'm so proud of you so Jenny. much. I love you so much. Is, Thank you so much for giving us. And, and if you could give our audience just like, do you have, like a, a life motto. Do you have something Quote. you can give our, our peeps? What can you give that us? That you live by. You know, I would just say something that got me over the hump, which was probably about three to four weeks after I got home, which was the moniker that I probably think most people have heard, but it's fear false evidence appearing real. Um, and actually it was, it was the at work CEO that that he doesn't, he doesn't know me and he doesn't know this story, but I heard a video, um, and I was in kind of a hole. He does know you. You have a picture with them. Well, but I remember watching a video And it was just one of those things that I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. And it stayed with me. And he was talking about fear and like, you can uh, fear everything and run or face everything and rise. So I would say 
my motto would be to face everything and rise. Mm, I love, love it. The hat. I love it. Yeah, Jenny. girl. Face Woo! it, boo. You mm. gots to face it. <laughs> I love you so much. Well, Thank you I for joining you. us on My Anonymous Friend. And um, <laughs> you're going to keep in touch. You always tell the best stories, Jenny, like, and you're so detailed and I appreciate you being so vulnerable, telling your story, sharing it, helping others out there who are still, you know, struggling with that yeah, and they're in the midst making of an impact shit. for people. Like you have such a good soul and such a good heart. You're, you're an amazing person, Jenny. We're proud of you. Well, we thank you. you. I'm proud of both of you and I can't wait to see where this goes. Oh, thank mm. you. And I can't wait to visit your business. Everybody needs to check out the vault and they need to eat the charcuterie boards charcuterie boards yeah, say that the again people, the Shushu- people around here don't know how to say it they call it char char charcuterie charcuterie say that again jenny the people around here call them charcuterie boards because they don't know how to say it but it's fine that's what that's <laughs> what judges call no them. i said because i copied you i did not say so that, that just came up in my mind and yes not all the people around here charcuterie ends up listening to this charcuterie. but lots of <laughs> Charcuterie. Damn it, I just want to board with cheese and meat, okay? And nuts. It's called charcuterie. It's a fancy lunchable and it sounds French. I want nuts. That's what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Tammy wants ice. Look it, we're still. What are you doing? That's what he's You're a nut. You look like a nut. This is all going to be cut out. How do you know? This is a fun part. This is going to be cut. It might be used as a reel. Oh, my ears. This is hurting my ears. (laughs) Jenny, I love you. You're too much. I love you both. Aww.